Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 215 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on? Solid weekend. Uh, Chelsea put up a good performance. Didn't end the way, ideally, um, in the fashion we had the game. But, yeah, I, with the point, I'm, I'm happy with that against Arsenal. Your Gooners, that's good. Uh my little guys, we did the double over a team. We had a makeup game against them and then played them the following day. And then we got high school playoffs starting today. So we're recording it a little bit earlier than usual, but we got to do what we got to do. And um, yeah, it's been great. I don't know if you want me to tell you the records as well from yep. last week. Yep, go ahead. Another great week for everybody. Zach, six and four. Evan, eight and two. Yep. And then I went, nine, I went nine and one again. So. Nice. We're all crushing there. Evan's catching up fast. Evan and Zach are both fifty-three and thirty-seven overall, and I'm fifty-eight and thirty-two. So this is this is monumental, monumental year for us. It's a very, very good year for us. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that some of these, like a majority of these games, are just chalk picks. Like you just take exactly. the favorite. Um, yeah. we know that that doesn't last. Like it, even if a season starts off that way, it never lasts that way. So um you know keep keep your eyes peeled you know um okay should we jump right into the first game absolutely all right liverpool to everton nil an unfortunate ashley young red card in the 37th tilted the scales in favor of a somewhat shaky liverpool uh up to that point fortunately for the reds mohammed salah put a penalty away in the 75th and then scored again in the 97th Absolute domination from Liverpool, 26 shots, six shots on target with nearly 80% possession. Everton could not cope at any point. Uh, was nice to see DCL start in this one with Ducore uh, playing right behind him as essentially a center forward again. Um, this is about as good as as their lineup can get in for, for Everton. I mean, Garner's in there. Uh, you have uh, Ducore and DCL finally back. DCL to, to full fitness and they just weren't even close to the level of quality that Liverpool were on. Um, good for Salah. He's, he's in sensational form and it seems like Sobos Lai and McAllister are both just absolutely unbelievable additions to this team. Uh, Liverpool, super powerful, looking fantastic. 2-0, great result in uh derby. That's kind of been, you know, questionable at points in the last couple of years, a lot of draws and things like that. Yeah, you always want to beat your rivals there in the Derby. Uh, Klopp, I think, he secured the record. Now he's beaten Everton nine times now in the Merseyside Derby. He overtook Rafa, who had eight. But this game was had a lot of controversy around the refereeing and the officiating of the matches when it came to distributing cards. We saw Ashley Young get a double yellow for for certain reasons, and then Konate did not get a double yellow for a clear second yellow. Which would have made would would have made the match ten and ten apiece for each side, but I still think Liverpool would have carried on with what they were doing. But still, it's just the consistency in the card giving and and deeming what is a, a yellow and what is not. And we're in we're in the territory now where second yellows are happening a lot more, and some refs are being more lenient than others. So I don't know what your take was on the the second foul Konate had on a Beto. He arm across the chest. Yeah. Clearly pulled him down onto a, a breakaway chance into a 1v1. I don't know if you deemed it the same as the ref, or maybe you thought it should have been a second yellow. No, I, I think there was, honestly, there was grounds for a second yellow there. The the consistency of the refereeing this year, I think, has been absolutely shocking. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about that in the Arsenal game as well, that penalty that was awarded. Like, there is just so much fucking gray area, and I know... That there always has been that's how refereeing works even all the way down to you know u8s the ultimately things are up to the referee it's up to their interpretation of the game even though there is a letter of the law it's not always followed and i think if you're going to award ashley young the second yellow then that that fucking challenge by konate was that's worthy of another card he, he should have been off the pitch i just i don't know man it's it's not it was it was worthy of a red, and, and he didn't get sent off. I just don't know what's going on with the referee. Yeah, Liverpool cruise control there, secures their top four place again for another week. And Everton, Ashley Young getting a second yellow early on really 
screwed him over, playing 10 men for over 60 minutes, had to change their tactics. McNeil got subbed at the half to go more defensive, and ultimately a handball again costs him. So, yeah, it's tough for Sean Dice. they got to move on. They get a big match this week um, to bounce back. And it's uh, – who do they play again? Yeah, they play West Ham. So yeah, another tough game. one on the road. But, yeah, they do better on the road in my opinion. Okay. On to Brentford 3, Burnley 0. Uh, an absolutely buzzing uh, front three. Front Actually, it was yeah front three for Brentford in this one. Yohan Visa getting the scoring off in the 25th. Brian Embuemo in the 62nd. And Saman Goros off the bench to score in the 87th. Uh, Connor Roberts was issued a red card in the 78th. And the story of the game is just the fact that Brentford wanted it more up top. This is only their second win of the season, their first win coming all the way back in late August when the season started, um, which is unbelievable to think of when you consider how in games they've been this year. Um, they currently are sitting on, I believe they're in 14th place on 10 points. So this was a, you know, very desperate. They needed this one. Um Burnley just just not up to the task. They possess the ball a little bit more, but they are not threatening going forward. Um, outside of a sort of you know occasional burst uh, of talent from Lyle Foster or Mister Otto Bear, it's just it's 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 very bleak uh, for Burnley. They're not scoring as many goals uh, as you would have expected based on their performance in the uh, championship last year. I believe they've only got seven goals for. Uh, 23 goals against. They have the worst differential in the league right behind Sheffield at uh, minus 17. Uh, things are not looking good for Burnley, and we've discussed how they're most likely a team that are going to go down. But how do you think, as Vincent Company, do you turn this around? At Brentford are on a bad side, we should say, but still, uh, moving forward, Burnley have to take some points um, from games against clubs like Brentford. Yeah, it's ultimately going to come down to when they play teams like Bournemouth this upcoming weekend. They have to win those games to secure company more time until January, where I believe they need to get some get some more experienced players to come in, finish out the season, just to keep them up. We're clearly seeing this squad isn't good enough to stay out of a relegation scrap. So they just need to find a way to get points where it matters the most, especially in those six-pointers. So... Um, yeah, like you mentioned in this one, they're still leaking goals. That's what we thought would happen here. Brentford have been struggling, but even a team like this with Brentford, who are defense first, scored three, and Buemo and, and Visa have been dried up, the wells dried up for them, and now they, they finally found the water and scored here. And yep. even Neil, Neil Maupay is getting involved in the assists, too. He's having to play with their lack of forwards available. So, yeah, I mean, company needs a little bit more time. They need some results once again. Players getting sent off doesn't help him. Um, the game was already out of reach at that point when they got the second red or the second yellow for Roberts at two 0 But yeah, it's, it's not what you like to see. And for Brentford being in fourteenth, they're around teams that are struggling, but they have a positive goal differential. So yeah. they're do they're doing better than where their position in the table says they are. And I think they're they're still in a strong position um, once once Ivan Tony gets back in January. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Bournemouth 1, Wolves 2. Uh, a come-from-behind win uh, with a goal from a substitute in the 88th. Tilted all three points in Wolves' favor. But it was Bournemouth's story in the first half. Dominic Solanke latching onto a ball played in by Philip Billing in the 17th minute. Put the Cherries ahead. Then, after halftime, Wolves came out, looked sharper. Mateus Cunha scored in the 47th. Lewis Cook was issued a red in the 54th, and things sort of went downhill from there. Bournemouth couldn't cope with the pressure that Wolves were applying. Um, Neto was was really starting to carve them up on the counter. Uh, Huang Hee-chan looked threatening as well at many points. And Mateus Cunha, we should say, has, has had a decent start to the season. Um, I really do think he's a, a sound striker. And he's, he's kind of coming into his own in this wolf side who are just hurting um, for a, you know, real talented uh, Star Wars striker. But he's, he's sort of starting to fill that role. Uh, after the red, 
it was quiet for a while, but Wolves were definitely the team that were on the front foot. Uh, Sasa Kalacic coming off the bench, scoring in the 88th minute to take all three points for Wolves. Somehow or another, they were they were underdogs in this game, Wolves. I had them, but I parlayed them with Arsenal, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that didn't come through for me. But yeah, Wolves Wolves kind of playing some some passion ball. Uh, not not quite what I would have expected from them at the beginning of the season. We we always talk about how boring Wolves are, but this is pretty free flowing. Uh, it's counter attacking. Reminds me of the way that Arsenal play on the counter. To be honest with you. Uh, different personnel, obviously, not not as quick uh, outside of Neto, but yeah, kind of impressive. Um, Bournemouth stink, but to come from behind and win uh, is impressive in any fashion. Yeah, this was the revenge match for Gary O'Neill. His oh, yeah. club. They fired him, but he gets the win in spite of them. Uh, they try a new formation here. They went three in the back with the wing backs. Matt Doherty getting an appearance. Haven't seen him in a while since they brought him back this summer from uh, Atleti. And he's been playing well. Him and Neto linked on that right side is a good partnership. You mentioned Cunha. He's been their biggest signing this summer for around like 50, 60 million pounds. And yeah, he's proven to be good. Uh, Huang Hee Chan, most underrated guy this season for them. Every game he's contributing to a goal, whether it's he's scoring it or setting somebody up. Yeah, they look pretty strong on the counter. Their, their defense hasn't been the best this year, but it's been good enough to keep them in matches. And Bournemouth just imploding on themselves. Uh, Solanke getting off the mark early, and from there on, they just they just beat themselves up. Another, once again, the third straight game we're talking about with a sending off. This time, Lewis Cook headbutting a Wolves player. Um, just got his let his emotions get the better of him, and it cost him his team. And it's just they're in no position to be giving up any points. Four straight defeats now. Them and Sheffield are the only teams that have not won a match yet. And I already mentioned before they play Burnley this week. I mentioned last week if they can't get a win in this or the burn of the match coming up, I think Iriola is done. So yeah. his 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 butt's on the hot seat. These players are really going to find themselves, and fortunately for them, it's at home, so they got the fans to back them. But it's a small stadium for them, so they can't really get too much. But they need everything they can at this point to go their way. Yeah. Okay, Nottingham Forest two, Luton Town two. Uh, Chris Wood with the opener in the 48th. He scored again in the 76th. So a brace for Mr. Chris Wood on the day. And it looked like Nottingham Forest were going to be able to secure the clean sheet and just walk out of the game here with three points. But Luton Town had other plans. Luton Town now out of the relegation zone on five points. Uh, A win and two draws in their last five. Decent form. Um, And at home, Nottingham Forest just wilted. Uh, Chidozi Ogbene scored in the 83rd, and Elijah Adebayo added another in the 92nd minute. Luton Town looked ab- uh, excuse me, absolutely incensed uh, towards the end of the game, did not want to leave uh, the ground without a point, and they were able to just salvage one here. Um, Adebayo came off the bench. Ogbene started the game uh, on the right, playing as a you know deeper-lying right mid. Um, and honestly, I, I thought Nottingham Forest looked great. I thought the defense looked really good. Uh, and then Turner, who I know somebody picked up in fantasy because they thought it would be a free uh, clean sheet, <laughs> led two goals in there at the end. Uh, so really unfortunate for Nottingham Forest. I think they played a decent game, just wilted when the uh, lights became bright and they had to close the game out. Yeah, Forest let it go. We we both picked this game correctly. A tough one here. Rob Edwards gets another point to drag him out of the zone where they need to be at this point. And highlight there, Chris Wood coming out of the woods, helping his team when they need him. We talked about them struggling without Awanyi. He fills the void there with the brace, both coming from Alanga. Alanga's proven to be a great signing for them so far. And the defense, two moments of... Um, putting it nicely, just stupidity. Just Serge Aurier, there was a moment on a free kick where the ball was coming in low, and instead of him just putting it away with his boot, he goes into a squatted, like, playing Frogger, and he attempts (laughs) to hit it with his head, and it just rolls over, and then they get a tap in. And he did something similar later, and they scored off that as well, and... He's up there for me as a candidate for for Stephen A. Bad player, Worst definitely. Player. But yeah, he's just yeah. I, I could ever since I saw the highlights, just 
And it's even worse because I picked him up on fantasy as well, as you mentioned, Turner for somebody else. He's still got good points, but should have done better. Should have done better, moments. yeah. And this is this is what we're talking about with Luton. Luton need moments of of just poor judgment from the other team to give them the opportunity to to get back in the game, and that's what happened here. And credit to them. Not every time you're going to score on those, but they did, and it's ultimately helping them get out of get out of a tough situation. But. Yeah, Forrest, I thought, better team. They played well. Willie Volley's strong in the back. Their center mids are looking great. Uh, Sangari had an opportunity to put a tap in. Six out and missed the goal. So it's just they, they need to put these games away, especially the bottom ta- bottom tier teams. And uh, credit to Andrus Townsend. I don't know if we mentioned that last week, but he signed the short-term contract with Luton until January, and he played in this game yep. uh, coming off the bench in the 72nd. So... Yeah, credit to him. We we enjoyed him in the booth, but still he's got uh, some... It's unfortunate that he's not staying at yeah. that. I'm sure he'll ultimately come back. It's like a it's like a uh, Greg Olson or, yeah. or a Jason Witten a one-year but come back. But yeah. yeah, I'm sure hopefully we'll see another uh, iconic screamer for him this year. Man, I fucking... I, I thought he was absolutely sensational in the booth when we heard him earlier this year. Um, okay, on to the next. Manchester City 2, Brighton 1. Uh, Manchester City home at the Etihad. Brighton had to uh, go up to Manchester to play a team that is coming off of two consecutive defeats. Uh, One against Wolves and then one against Arsenal uh, right before the international break. Unfortunately, that did not matter. Uh, City started extremely brightly. Julian Alvarez found the ball at his feet. He sliced one, hit one terribly, uh, still went in the goal in the seventh minute. And then Erling Holland uh, showed us how you actually finish a ball. Just absolute archer, uh, unbelievable ball, uh, left-footed strike into the back of the net. Scored in the 19th. Um, it was pretty much City's game, to be fair, uh, the entire time. Uh, Brighton didn't look super threatening. They only had uh, five shots, three of those on target. Um they didn't do a ton with their possession, even though possession was split down the middle. Uh, we should say, Solly March got absolutely crunched. Um, terrible, terrible injury for him. Uh, he was stretchered off late on. I believe that was, you know, maybe around the 65th or 70th minute. Uh, that is not good. Uh, it's not really anything you want to see, especially for a Brighton side who actually, Solly March scores goals when they need it and, uh, he can play in a few different positions. That was really unfortunate to see. Ansu Fati uh, got on to the end of one in the 73rd after Manuel Akanji made a mistake. Uh, and then Akanji in the 95th actually received a red card as well. So uh, they will be without him uh, for one more game. It was a double yellow red, so no biggie there. They'll miss him for a game. It's not that much of an issue. They can just throw uh, Ake in there or Ruben Diaz in there. Not Not a super uh issue but yeah 2-1 good win for city um we always knew they weren't going to just continue to lose uh and brighton i think they put up a fight but um you know not not really what i wanted to see as an arsenal fan i'd like to see a, a draw or maybe a win there as well yeah it wasn't one of the top matches to watch or anything you mentioned unfortunate injuries deserve came out today before their uh, Europa match tomorrow, say in March, and, and Welbeck apparently both picked up extended injuries now. So now we're going to see what their team's really about. They have to play on multiple fronts. We'll see how that does, both of us deeming them this year to have a big drop-off, and the injuries won't help them um, counter that. But still, yeah, it, it was a tight match. We, we knew Zerbi always plays Pep, Pep tight. John Stones played alongside Rodri in that midfield pair in front of the defense they looked pretty stable no ederson ortega gets a play so yeah i mean pretty typical um doku has been playing extremely well since coming in usually we see new pep signings take maybe a year to get comfortable in the side not let alone the the league itself and the premier league but he's fit in seamlessly on that left side for Grealish and it's looking like it's going to be good going forward. Holland getting off on the mark again. Puts him on the lead with nine now. Um, overall, he's on track just to do what he did last year. But yeah, City get back on the, get the back on the win streak. They put themselves again in the top four. And yeah, it's back to normal for them, it seems like. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, we had Newcastle four Crystal Palace nil. Uh, Newcastle with a very very convincing win here against the Crystal Palace side, who is desperately missing creativity in the midfield. Um, Newcastle with goals from Jacob Murphy in the fourth, Anthony Gordon in the forty fourth, Sean Longstaff in stoppage time in the first half, forty. Uh, 5th plus 2, and Callum Wilson in the 66th. Uh, no Isak in this one, uh, no Tonali, and the reason that Tonali did not start the game is because he will now be banned uh, for a year from British football. He has been um, arraigned on uh, gambling charges, and, and we'll talk about that maybe in another episode, the, the whole thing with Italian football. I'd like to maybe get Kyle on. He's, uh, I believe... Maybe it's not Kyle, actually. It's another one of my buddies who's kind of um, uh, abreast of that whole situation. But yeah, 4-0, good win. Uh, Matt, tell us about this game. I'm getting a phone call from Mark. Yeah, it was this typical Newcastle whopping. Anthony Gordon, or uh, sorry, Jacob Murphy getting off the mark in the fourth minute from Kieran Trippier, who now leads the league with assists, I believe around six. Um a bunch of yellows throughout the game, but right before the half, we saw two more go hit in the back of the net. Anthony Gordon in the 44th from Murphy, this time assisting, as well as Longstaff capitalizing on a big palace mistake out of the back and making it 3-0. Uh, and then in the 66th, Cal Wilson scored his typical goal, a game assisted by Murphy again. And then from there on out, it was cruise control. We're really seeing Palace struggle without the likes of Elise and Eze, which is easy if you watch any Palace game before and after. Having those players on the field, it's they lack all that creativity going forward. The, the front three are hard workers, but if they can't get the service, they're not going to be able to do anything. They did have Lerma back in the team, who's been a big miss, next to Ducore, who are a power duo, breaking up play, but... Yeah, they're just missing that middle piece to connect everything together for them. The The back line's heavily under pressure, and they just don't have the relief from the creativity of Eze or Lisse bringing the ball forward, earning free kicks to allow them to rest and build up the field, get bodies up, and, and use their size to their advantage. So it was a whopping from Newcastle here, getting uh, Isak off the bench. Tanali didn't make an appearance, but... They didn't do anything on the to add on to the to the absolute pounding of Roy's men. That's now uh, two straight games without a win, as well as two games without scoring for Palace, I believe, since as they left. Um, yeah, the, the one goal in four matches for Palace here, and it's just looking really bad. I think as they set to come back uh, the week around Thanksgiving, same as Elise, they're set to come back around the same time. So a couple more weeks of this, I believe, they're going to get whomped, and they just have to fight through it. Yeah, I mean, they're on 11th right now, uh, so they're not in a terrible spot. Uh, Chelsea have been playing much better, and they're uh, you know, in 10th on 12 points as well. So it's fine. Um, we, we didn't think Palace were going to be a team that were uh, winning the league. They just need to make sure that they stay in and around 10, 11. Uh, you don't really want to drop into 13 and 14, which is where things can get kind of sketchy because you're down there with Brentford and Nottingham Forest. You don't want to be associated with those clubs, and they're only two points ahead of them right now. So they they do need to uh, at least take a couple of points from their next couple matches and just ride the storm out until they get Olise and Eze back, I think. Yeah. All right. Um, go ahead, Matt. Uh, I think this is more of a win for you than it is for me. So Chelsea 2, Arsenal 2. Tell us about this one. It was kind of awful. Yeah, it's, it was much better London Derby than last year's competitions were. Um, from the lineup perspective, it was pretty normal from Chelsea there. We saw Levi Call have to slide in the middle for Dezazi, Cucurella at fullback, Gusto back. Your normal three and Cole Palmer starting up the nine. Um, and then Arsenal side, pretty pretty typical there. Jorginho got the start instead of Partey. Only other change there, Raya continues to be in goal. The, both goalkeepers here having stinkers. But we start off good. The first 15 minutes, Chelsea were dominating possession at the bridge. High tempo, good pressing. Uh, ultimately got a penalty decision in the 15th minute from VAR. Ball whipped in um, from Mudrik, I believe. Paul Palmer put a header on goal, or no, Mujic put a header on goal, and 
Saliba came out, lunged forward with his arms out. Header got hit onto his arm, and ultimately VAR decided it was a penalty. Yeah. There was a bit of a controversy there approaching the penalty spot. Um, Sterling was trying to take the ball from Cole Palmer, and Enzo was saying, let Cole take it. Um, and ultimately, Cole got the call, buried it, second straight goal, penalty goal there for him. I don't know if this is going to be a continuing thing going forward, if we're letting one of the youngsters take the penalties, but if it goes in, it goes in, so I can't really complain. And then from there on out, it was pretty tame going back and forth in the first half, but start of the second half, the boy, Mukhail Mudrik, in the 48th minute, getting a goal down the left side. 100% was looking to cross it in the box yeah, to that's... Sterling, <laughs> yeah. but mishit it. Raya was fortunately off his line, and it goes in the back of the net. Nice little moment for Mudrik now. Two goals on the year. Two in his last three in the Prem. And yeah, it looked pretty good there. 2-0 for Chelsea at home. 40 minutes left. Arsenal looking like they're struggling for any sort of form or, or grasp on the game. And that's where things went wrong. Uh, Mudrik came out in the 66 for Jackson now. Came back from wrist surgery. And Arsenal made their changes as well. Jorginho, Gabby, Jesus out for Enketi and Smith-Rowe. Um, and then Bobby Sanchez in goal for Chelsea once again. Major issue, building out of the back. Miss hit pass. Intercepted by Rice. Puts it in the, nestles it in the back corner off the post. Makes it 2-1, gives Arsenal life in the game. More subs come in for Arsenal, Havertz, and Trossard. For Odegaard and Martinelli, big decisions there for Marteta, but they pay off. In the 84th minute, Saka gets the ball out right, cuts in on his left as he normally does, whips the ball back post. Trossard's there to tap it in past Sanchez. And now it's 2-2. Things are going back and forth. We're getting a little more cards going there. Reese James makes an appearance in the 84th minute, as well as Medweke. Um, obviously, they're not good to play the full match yet, or even a half. So they didn't really have any time to impact the game. And yeah, they have to split the points there. So if you would have told me Chelsea take a point from Arsenal, I'd be pretty happy with that. But in the fashion it happened and how we we shot ourselves in the foot once again off unforced errors, it's just very, it's very unfortunate. So we gave Arsenal hope. They continue their season of unbeaten, which we could have been the first team to beat them, which would have been nice. But it wasn't meant to be. So we have to share. And it puts us in the top half of the table now. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea absolutely should have um, taken three points in this one. Uh, Nico Jackson had the chance again, to, like once he came on, uh, to maybe make it three-one, uh, but wasn't. Or actually, I think it would have been three-two. He wasn't able to do so, unfortunately. Um, Cucurella, I thought, whoa, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing. It was fucking fantastic. Um, he put Sokka in the torture chamber for majority of the game. Uh, the one contribution Sokka had was, you know, getting that ball to, to Trossard at the back post, which he finished expertly. I mean, he is just a rocket off the bench, Trossard. Um, Cucurella had a fantastic game. Uh, I thought Gusto was okay. He got skinned once or twice, but genuinely, I thought he, he was pretty decent. Uh, this Chelsea team is just starting to look a little bit threatening. It's looking like Caicedo uh, has really settled in. He's doing a lot of the dirty work. I think Connor Gallagher has been absolutely fantastic for you guys this season. Um, that was a player that Chelsea was looking to be rid of, and he's just been uh, really quite a force in the center of the park. Cole Palmer looking like uh, Real Madrid's next target at this point. I mean, he looks <laughs> unreal. Uh, maybe throw him in there up top uh, since they're starting Jocelyn But yeah, Cole Palmer looks great. Um, I, I think in general, or in general uh, Modric has had an unbelievable start to the season as well. He's in sensational uh, form for Ukraine right now. So uh, coming off two goals in the international break, you thought maybe he'd bring that confidence over uh, with Chelsea, and he's done that. He's got two goals uh, in two games now, I believe. Um, or in his last two games for Chelsea. So really great stuff from Chelsea. They're, you know, on the upwards trajectory. Uh, Arsenal didn't start great. I think Odegaard, genuinely, when it rains, it's it's very strange. There There is a phenomenon. When it rains, Martin Odegaard goes fucking missing. And you would think a player that grew up in Norway where it is snowy and rainy 90% of the time would be used to playing on a wet pitch, but... Uh, he's just sometimes not up to the task when it rains. So 
Yeah, I, I think starting Jorginho is kind of a, an issue. Uh, I'd rather see Odegaard just play forward and then deal with Rice kind of dropping back and playing CDM and having Smith-Rowe and, and Odegaard maybe Smith-Rowe slots in and have them going forward and just completely playing the counter and ping balls to the wingers. But that wasn't the case. Um, we're lucky to get a point, I think, out of this one. But just goes to show you the kind of quality that Arsenal have uh, you know, on the bench. Uh, Mikel can make these changes and entirely swap the way that a team is playing. Uh, Raya needs to be dropped to the bench. I think it's time uh, that we see Mr. Aaron Ramsdale back in because uh, he made some goalkeeping errors for sure. But so did so did Mr. Robert Sanchez. So what are you going to do? This was just a goalkeeper shambles. Uh, and I think 2-2 is a very fitting end to this one. Yeah, I think Ramsdale on the day was... Uh, it wasn't even there. He just had a kid. Yeah, his wife was in labor, so he wasn't there. But yeah, I think it. I don't know. He's Mikel's already pulled the trigger on the goalkeeper thing. At this point, I don't know if he goes back. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Apparently, Chelsea are looking to buy Ramsdale. Are you aware of the situation? I've heard the rumblings. Sixty mil. Uh, they want to pay. We're good for it. Sixty English mil. Goal. We're good for it, English goalkeeper. It's better than Robert Sanchez, but we did just give him a seven-year deal. Um, but that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't matter. Any. Not a we Chelsea. Only, we paid him twenty. We paid twenty mil to Brighton's. So now it's just piss in the pot, and it doesn't seem like Kepa's gonna be coming back. Um, he wants to stay in Madrid, obviously, but still, I don't think they'd want him at the end of the year. Obviously, Courtois is gonna be coming back, yep. so we're, they're both in a weird spot. A lot of a lot of goalkeepers are in a weird spot now, looking for a number one role. And this building out of the back thing is has become a modern modern phenomenon for a lot of clubs now. Teams are forcing them to build out of the back, and there's too many issues now when they play passes in the midfield and there's no one in that area. Yeah. Um, we don't really see many times them just hoof it down the field and just let's just restart. Yeah, you need to play with seventy one depth like you have to do in FIFA to get the ball to your midfielders. Um, yeah. all right, let's move on. Sheffield United one, Manchester United two. Uh, Red Devils left it quite late in this one. Uh, McSauce, the story again, of course. Um, he scored in the 28th and then he gave up a penalty in the 34th. Uh, Ollie McBurney, uh, twisted that one in 1 1 until the 77th minute when Diogo Dallo scored one of the most sensational goals i have seen this year these portuguese players just there's something about the way that they strike the ball when they're going forward uh and he did just that you could tell that ball was struck within an inch of where he was aiming uh scoring the 77th somehow or another united able to get three points in a game that they just played shit in again uh hoyland rashford anthony Fernandez, all a non-factor. The goals came from McSauce and Dallow. That is unbelievable. Sheffield United, unlucky not to steal a point from this one. Uh, they actually played all right. They had six shots on target, which was one more than United registered. They didn't have all that much possession either. So impressive, I think, from, from Sheffield. They looked all right. They've only got a point on the year. Uh, but this was kind of a, a get-back spot. It's a shame they didn't take a point here. That would have been massive. Yeah, they find a way to escape in tight situations here. The back line's getting healthier now. We saw Varane make an appearance off the bench. Um, uh, Johnny Evans had a scare there as well. Um, Garnacho's always a boost coming off that bench. He adds a bit of adds a bit of flair. Um, had a couple off-target shots. Anthony went ghost did his ghosting moves again. Couldn't put anything on frame. And yeah, I mean, they just need moments of brilliance to happen to save them. And on a day where Sir Bobby passed and they they, they had to win for him and the family and the club overall, they got it done. And struggling against the worst team in the league at this point is, is tough to see. But they're finding a way to earn the points. As we mentioned, teams do have to when they're struggling. And Hoyland still hasn't found the back of the net for them in the league. They're trying. Rashford is struggling. I think that's the problem. If Rashford can be in form, United's fine, but without him, they really struggle. And McTominay now with this third goal for the season in the league, he's joint top scorer now for the club. Insane. Which is very um, telling of their season so far. Yep. Um, that is fucking crazy. McTominay. 
Uh, all right, Matt, tell us about Aston Villa 4, West Ham 1, your boy, Ali Watkins. Yeah, Villa is, is turning into boomer bust type of day, days. Um, 4-1 win. They absolutely smacked the Hammers, who a lot of people were hopping on the bandwagon thinking they're going to be a cruise, cruise control this year, but they get exposed a bit. 30th minute, we see Douglas Louise score off of Watkins' assist. 52nd minute, we get a Douglas Louise penalty. Conza uh, getting ripped down in the box from a bad build-out from West Ham. Uh, they do get one back in the 56 from Jared Bowen getting a goal um, off a hard deflection. And then uh, 74th minute, Ollie Watkins slams the door on West Ham. And then adding one in the 89th, Leon Bailey gets a, a nice great a nice goal for himself, uh, assisted by your boy Yuri Tillemans. Yeah. Both players struggling to find uh, minutes into this team, but they both contribute to the win and get a big 4-1 win for Unai. Had a nice little pre-match interview. Uh, he said, good afternoon. Um, love hearing that from him. But yeah, they're flying right now. They're playing this 4-4-2, four diamonds with the four central mids. It's working really well for them. And for a team that plays with two up top, which we don't see a lot in the modern game, and to see it be as successful as it is, they currently sit in fifth position with 19 points, only one point behind Liverpool in the top four. They have a plus 10 goal differential. They've scored 23 goals this year, which is the second most, only behind Newcastle with 24. And that's including that 8 nothing thumping over Sheffield. They're looking like a real powerhouse this year. And to beat a West Ham team who is structured around defense, it's uh, pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, I think Edson Alvarez is, has kind of been a flop for them. Uh, he did register the assist on the goal to Bowen, but... Uh, in general, I mean, you're not going to get a ton of defense out of James Ward-Prowse. You're not going to get uh, sound defending from Edson Alvarez. And I think that back line is just uh, outside of maybe Sufal. Like, you're you're going to get um, errors, especially out of Aguerd. Uh, Zuma's been all right, but Emerson uh, and Aguerd, that left side is quite weak. So it's, it's tough when you have guys like Musa Diaby who are just, like, rapid going up against Emerson and Aguirre, issues are going to arise. And they actually got two goals from the midfield in this one with Douglas Louise, uh, who's been, he's, he's been really, er, yeah, really, really, really good uh, for Aston Villa. I believe he's got, in his last seven games at home, he's got seven goals, which is unbelievable. But uh, yeah, he went, originally he was kind of a deeper lying uh, midfielder and not quite a DM, but definitely further back on the pitch. And now uh, he's been really, really good going forward. So Impressive stuff from Villa. West Ham, uh, definitely not on their their A game in this one. So unfortunate, but I uh, have to give credit to Villa for a really, really sound win. Okay, last game. Uh, Tottenham 2, Fulham 0. Uh, Huangman's son with a goal in the 36th and James Madison with a goal in the 54th. Those two are the story. Uh, pretty much they have been the entire season. Richarlison got on with an assist. Um, as well to Sun in the 36, but uh, there was never any doubt that Tottenham were going to win this game. Uh, Ange has now picked up 23 points from his first nine games as a manager. That is more than any other manager in the history of the competition. The only other two who are close is Mike Walker and Goose Hiddink, your boy, uh, on 22 Ledge. points. He is a legend, Chelsea interim manager legend. Um, so yeah, fantastic game from Tottenham. Uh, they just continue to look extremely threatening. Uh, the only game that was kind of shaky was the Arsenal one. And I mean, we saw that one ended 2-2 as well. So Tottenham with, with Ange, they're just a threatening side. Uh, 15 shots, five shots on target, held a majority of the possession. Uh, that midfield's looking pretty good. And the defense is just looking a lockdown. Uh, Vandeven has been a revelation. Uh, I think he allows Kuti Romero to really kind of shine as well uh, by himself as well in that part, as well as in the partnership. Udogi, Poro, both good. Poro's really good going forward as well. And then Vicario. I mean, when you when you lessen the amount of goalkeeper howlers that you're having to deal with every game, <coughs> excuse me, the game of football becomes much, much easier. Uh, and Fulham just couldn't cope. Carlos Vinicius neutralized, William neutralized. <clears throat> this is not a great side, to be fair, from Fulham. Uh, but again, their defense looks shaky, and there's no way to cope with Son and Madison. Madison has just been unbelievable so far this year. Great 2-0 win. 
uh, exactly what we expected. All right, let me let me know my pronunciation here. Ange Postacoglu. That is correct. All right, all right. I've seen the tweets. Big Ange. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah, he's the two-time uh, manager of the, of the month. You got Madison, the first player of the month of the season, getting on the score sheet, as well as Sun, the current player of the month. It's just everything's going right for them. It's just they haven't they haven't tripped up at any hurdles yet. They're beating the teams they need to. They're competing well against the the top dogs and earning positive results. And yeah, I mean, and they're avoiding major injuries like a lot of other clubs are suffering through at the moment. Fulham never had a chance in this game. They struggled really hard. Every time William got on the ball, the fans were chirping him because he was supposed to go there, but went to Chelsea instead after his Shakhtar days and his Russia Russia days back with Michelin. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was nice to watch how Spurs play. You can tell the fans love it. They get very into the games now, especially when they're going forward. The the anticipation of how they're going to build up and rip teams apart is is nice to see. And this was without Basuma. Hoiberg came in and, and rotated well for him. He'll be back for their next match. And even the guys off the bench are adding adding little bits here and there. Um, Richarlson is that now starting to turn positive with some with an assist here. And just his overall play, everybody looks happy. Obviously, that's easy to say when you're winning. And we'll see what happens when they, they, they trip up at their first match. So that could be coming up soon. We know they play City soon. So that could be... A tough one, but Spurs somehow always are Man City's bogey team, and especially with Pep. So, and that matchup between Ange and Pep should be interesting to see how that turns out. But yeah, Fulham on the day, not there. Marco Silva did sign a new long-term deal with the club as manager after the summer-long saga of him potentially going to the Saudi league, and it didn't come didn't come there. But yeah, unfortunate for our American boys. Uh, they have to take another L, but they're still in a stable position there in 13th. Yep. Okay. Um, are we um, going to do our best and worst of the week or our picks first? We can do the, the players first. Okay. Yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, let's 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 rip it off. I want to get this one out of the way. Let's go with the bad. Okay. All right. Yeah, mine mine was very apparent. Got to go Sergio Aurier. Um, the Frogger incident multiple times. <laughs> it's just the way I don't have never seen how that's ever been taught into doing a clearing opportunity, fully laying out with your head vertical to the to the grass or, or horizontal with the grass is just unacceptable. And it brought brought for um, Luton back in the game, and it cost you three points where that was a gimme. And uh, so yeah, Sergio Aurier, hundred percent, got to be my my bad player mm-hmm. of the week. There, uh, I got to go with David Raya. Uh, he was the one that put us behind in this game with the with the issues. Um, I mean, we didn't play great, but I I got to give it to Raya. He was way off the pace, and I just think his awareness on the goal line was not very good in this one. So I'm gonna give it to Raya. That's maybe a little bit harsh, but I am I am gonna give it to him. All right. On the flip side, <clears throat> I'm the best man. I did it. You want to lead this one? Yeah, I think I'm going to give it to Douglas Louise. Um, obviously been very impressive uh, for Villa this year. Two goals in this one against the West Ham side that you never know what you're going to get with, but they're not a, a cupcake team. I think he was fantastic from that left center mid role uh, on the day. I'm, I'm going to give it to him. He was he was really, really good. I'm going to stay with the same game and even with the same team in Nottingham Forest. I'm going to go with Chris Wood. Uh, stepped up in a big moment for them where they needed a number nine. Uh, they're whipping a lot of crosses in, and that's perfect for him because that's what he thrives at, getting two headers there, and got a brace and ultimately earned them a point. So, yep, Chris Wood's got to be best player for me this week. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. And then now we'll get to our picks. Uh, match day 10, Friday, October 27th, uh, week starting off at 3 p.m. Thank goodness we have a 3 p.m. game. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Tottenham. Matt, first pick will go to you. Take a Tottenham. Yeah, have to with this Palace team struggling with creativity. It is a short week for them. They just played Monday, so they have short prep for Palace here, who are always a tough team to beat, regardless of their their attacking potential. They're always going to give you a good game, but I do think Spurs wins it. Uh, Zach agrees. He's going with Spurs. Yeah, I'll take Spurs as well. I just think 
Uh, Crystal Palace missing too much going forward. Can't see this current Tottenham team uh, leaking too many goals against them. And we know uh, they are good for at least two goals a match. So, yeah, I'll take Tottenham. Okay, my pick next, Chelsea versus Brentford. Chelsea, the overwhelming frame it, uh, favorite, excuse me, game is at Stamford Bridge. Uh, I'll go with Chelsea. I think they continue their run up the table. And they beat Brentford here, uh, who are coming off a win, but still not convinced about the Bees, so I'll take Chelsea. Big West London Derby. We always they always play us tough. It's gonna be it's gonna be challenging going forward because uh, their center backs are massive and we don't have a, a pure number nine in form at the moment. So I think it's gonna be a tight one, but I think we squeak it with a one nil. Potentially, we're gonna need a penalty to save us as we normally do. And then uh, Zach's gonna go with the draw. Okay, cool. Um, next match, Matt, you have first pick Arsenal versus Sheffield United. That one should be fairly straightforward. Yep. Big gimme going with Arsenal. Zach is as well. Uh, Sheffield this year are the worst team on the road for four trips, four losses, three goals, four, nine against. It's going to be potentially another thumping here. I think Arsenal win by at least three. Yeah. I'm going to take Arsenal as well. Uh, I don't think that should be much of an issue. Okay. Bournemouth versus Burnley up next. This is a big match, a six-pointer, absolutely. Uh, Burnley in the torture chamber. Bournemouth also in the torture chamber, uh, losing to Wolves on the come from behind last week. I think this game will be a draw. I mean, it's ugly. It's terrible. I don't want to watch it, but I'm certain that I'll have to because uh, it's the only game besides Arsenal at 10 a.m., so it'll be split-screened. Uh, yeah, I'll take a draw. It's going to be ugly though yeah i was that was my original pick normally or originally but um yeah it was it was a challenge between bournemouth struggling at home they haven't won a match yet at home only scoring two goals and burnley who give up a lot of goals but i don't know i don't know what's going to happen here it could go any of the three ways i'm really i'm really unsure but i'm going to go with burnley here on the road i'm going to trust company here to get a win and this continues with uh, my my agenda against Iraola. Yeah. And Zach Zach's gonna make it a perfect three way split. He's going with Bournemouth at home. All right, cool. Yeah, this is this is one of those record changers, you know what I mean? Uh yeah. potential for, for somebody to get uh two points in the in the records. Uh okay. Wolves versus Newcastle up next. Uh believe this game is at uh the Molyneux, so Newcastle not gonna have the uh, cheering faithful at St. James. Matt, who do you have here? Because this one, I think, could go either way. Newcastle kind of do for a letdown. Yeah, short week for them with Champions League play. It's uh, I'm taking the draw here. Zach is as well. Um, I'm liking Wolves here with, with Neto, Huang Chan. I like um, how they're going to go forward. Uh, Newcastle are still without Sven Botman. It's going to be Jamal LaSalle's back there with Fabian Cher. So maybe, maybe a bit of of depth issues, but I think I think this could be a, a late a late equalizer for somebody to just steal point. Yeah, classic letdown spot. I'll go with Wolves. Uh, Newcastle, I believe, are playing in about two hours uh, against Dortmund, if I am correct. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Wolves. I, I think uh, Newcastle may be a bit tired. They've got, obviously, some depth on the bench, but uh, missing Tonali is going to be a huge issue, and I think he's going to be starting to serve his band now so uh i'll go with wolves i think they win this game somehow or another just going to be counter-attacking nightmare most likely okay west ham versus everton this is my pick uh the david moise derby uh i will take west ham i think they win this one outright don't think it'll be that much of a task for them uh everton have been better i mean they've got two wins in their last five but i think west ham are currently uh, a better team and i just can't see a way that west ham uh, let too much in. So I'll take them. I think they're going to be good going forward in this one. Yeah, Zach agrees with you. He's going with the Hammers. I'm going to take a draw. I think it's a letdown spot for Ham. I think that they're going to go three straight games without a win. I think Everton on the road gets something here. They're doing up and downs with their results, but they're going to have 11 men to start. I think they're going to have more of the ball. So we're going to see more guys like Harrison and Dwight McNeil. And DCL get more involved in the game and have more control over the results. So I'm going to go with the uh, split points there at, at uh, the London Stadium. Okay, fair enough. Uh, your pick, Brighton versus Fulham, Matt. This one's at the Falmer, so home for Brighton. 
Going with Brighton, they're going to be without March and Welbeck, so we could be seeing starts from Evan Ferguson and Ansu Fati, as well as Adingra. We're going to see these guys have more and more minutes as the year goes on due to the squad depth being needed. And yeah, I think Brighton against the Fulham team, who are really struggling, should be pretty easy. Yeah, this is a classic get-back game for Brighton. Uh, They've got two losses in their last three. Uh, haven't been looking great, but they did just play City. I think they're going to come out firing. I think they win this game uh, versus Fulham. And I should say, while we're on the topic of Brighton, it's looking like uh, my brother is headed to Europe in the next few weeks. He will be going to the Johan Cruyff Arena to watch Brighton versus Ajax in the Europa League. Oh. Holy shit. Yeah, pretty cool, right? Hell yeah. Zach's um, taking a draw in this game. Zach's taking a draw. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll take Matt and I are on Brighton and Zach's got the draw. Lovely. Uh, Aston Villa versus Luton Town up next. Uh, Luton Town with only a 9% statistical chance to win the game. Uh, Villa are looking extremely threatening. They're in fifth place, coming up against the 17th place Luton Town, who just got a point last week. I don't think that uh, momentum matters. I will take Aston Villa uh, to win in a rout. Yep, agreed. It's not looking good for them playing a team that's in high form at the moment. And Zach's taking Villa too. Yeah. Okay. Um, Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest up next. That one's got to be at Anfield. Yeah. So Matt, I assume Liverpool. Yep. Got to go with Pool at home. Yeah, I think me too. Uh, no doubt about that one. Th- three ways with Zach. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then Manchester United versus Manchester City game of the week at Old Trafford. Uh, oh my God, United have been so bad. I don't know how they have three wins in their last four. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, City have three wins in their last five. City are going to fucking pump United in this one. I like 5-0. Uh, I think they get up for the game. I just cannot see United coping with them whatsoever. This should be a route in favor of the citizens. Yep, I'm taking City, so is Zach. We're going to need uh, Savar to really help Man United here in any case. But yeah, yeah, I think I think City do get the result. It's not looking good for the red side of Manchester. Absolutely not. All right, cool. Um, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod. You can find us on um, SoundCloud, all the past episodes of the show. Um, I'm forgetting my my normal close to the show. I think I said everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry. Weird early morning. I'm, I'm just not quite with it this morning, but thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out. Like I said, on social media, uh, everything's on SoundCloud and we will talk to you guys, uh, next week. Take care. <laughs>